Hey, can we honor Jesus? Come on, let's celebrate Jesus today. Come on, it's Sunday. It's a good day. I hope you're fired up. Hey, my name's Brandon. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors around here. Welcome to all of you online as well. I'm glad to be at church today, especially when there's little Debbies in the building. So look, some of you don't know what to do with that. You walked in church and you wanted to be uh, respectful, so you just said, no, thank you, because you didn't know. Like, am I supposed to eat this now? Do I take it home? What if I make noise with the paper? It's all good. That's meant for you to rattle paper. Crumbs are fine. We'll sweep up. It's no big deal. You just enjoy. A uh, little pro tip, though, just so that you know, hopefully we're all in here today. Day to draw closer to Jesus. That's our goal. We want to get a little closer to the Lord. If that's your goal today, uh, I hope you get a white Christmas tree cake because that's where it's at, all right? If you got the gingerbread cookie, we're all a work in progress, all right? We're still praying it through. Uh, there was a little extra surprise in there, the little chocolate look. I don't even know what that is. Does anybody know what, what that is? Anybody seen that? There's like two of you, okay? You can have all of those, okay? I'm not rolling the dice on anything new but a Christmas tree cake. That's what I'm talking about. So just enjoy the morning. I hope that you've enjoyed your experience. If you're new here and that you are our guest, welcome. We're honored that you're hanging out with us here at Cultivate Church. We are beginning a brand new series today called Behold. And I'm excited about this series because it should be a marker for us today as we're entering into the Christmas season. Uh, I know for me, uh, when I see Christmas tree cakes rolling around at, at Cultivate, I go, okay, it's the Christmas season. It has officially begun. But you know, when we get into the holiday season, and it's very easy to uh, really overlook it because we've heard it, right? We've heard the stories. We've got our traditions. We've absorbed it so much that honestly, it can almost lose its meaning. It can almost lose its impact. But I believe in 2022, we really need to know why we celebrate, what it's really all about. We've entitled this series, Behold, and the very definition of behold means to look, to see, to pay careful attention. In other words, don't miss it. In other words, there's something very specific that we need you to know here. Look at it with me in Isaiah 7:14. This is our key verse of scripture for the month. And here's what it said. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Underline that word sign because that's good. How many of you sometimes need it made easy for us? We just need a little sign. And then he says, behold, underline the word behold. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. It's getting weird already. And bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Which you may not think, well, what's weird about Emmanuel? It means God with us. Imagine the revelation of the angel saying, God is coming to be with you. And if you're like me, you'd be like, who, me? You talk, like you're talking to me? But behold, look at it. Don't miss it. See it. I'm going to give you a Sign. Many of us, we need a sign. It's 2022. We don't really know what Christmas is all about. Hey, Dolly Parton was on TV this week. Did y'all watch the Dolly special? The weirdest thing I have ever seen in my life. It's Dolly Parton. My wife is a big Dolly fan, so we had to tune in to Dolly. And it was just, I just thought, could you just sing a song? I don't know what this weird story is you're telling. And then at the end of the special, Dolly gives what I think is about to be this gospel presentation. Because she's talking about God, she's talking about Jesus, and then it takes a weird turn about how it's all just in your heart and whatever you see God as and however you feel it and whatever makes you in the holiday spirit. And I said, oh, Dolly, where are you going? The wheels just fell off of this thing, Dolly. Come on, what do we do? And then it just went off. It just went off the air. That was the end of it. I said, oh, we just left everybody in confusion. See, we don't know what Christmas is all about. Because we're trying to tiptoe around the thing 
that it really is. Let me tell you, you can't have Christmas without baby Jesus. And you don't get baby Jesus unless you get the perfect Jesus who lived a perfect, sinless life, who went to the cross so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. Come on, that's what Christmas is all about. But we're, we're tiptoeing around this thing. We're trying to explain Christmas and sing the songs and maybe it's a happy holiday and Mary, we sneak out a little Merry Christmas over here because we want to be correct. But we don't even know what's right in order to be correct. Some of us need a sign. It's like a deer hunter. Any deer hunters in here? Morning, I shot me a deer, put it on the wall. That's cool. I'll eat it, but I don't want to eat dead animals on my wall, right? But this guy goes into his friend's house and there was a big deer on the wall. He'd shot it, killed it, stuffed it, mounted it. And his friend said, hey, did you kill that deer? He said, no. He said, it ran right through the wall, got stuck. <laughs> Y'all remember Bill Ingball? Here's your sign. Some of you are a lot more astute than I am, but I grew up in Bradford, all right? Bill Ingball, that was the stuff right there. Here's your sign. Some of us, we're looking at it. It's on the wall. Yeah, we shot it. Yeah, we mounted it. But you're going, how'd that get there? Sometimes God has to go the little extra mile in order to give us a sign. And behold, don't miss it. Don't miss the sign of this amazing, miraculous birth of a virgin girl. You know, a birth is miraculous anyway. Anybody got kids? Come on. You, you, I mean, it's not a pretty process, but wow, suddenly this little person you've never met and you're in love with them. They're the greatest thing on this planet. You would do anything for them. Some of you got like crazy kids, you know what I'm talking about? And you drop them off at school and you're like, whoo. But you still roll back up and pick them up at the end of the day, don't you? And then you let them in your house. And then the neighbor kids come over. And you're like, nope, go back to your mama. You send them across the street. That's where you draw the line, right? But there's something about our own kids because it's a miraculous event that takes place. You pray for it. You prepare for it. You do all the things. Jen and I, we have a six-year-old named Asher and we had to go through an in vitro process and had a lot of ups and downs and health issues. It was just this crazy process. But then the day arrived, and it's this miraculous moment when they say, all right, it's time to go. And they took Jen, and they wheeled her away. And I said, hey, what about me? You know, it's like you forgot about me. And they said, oh, we'll come back and get you. They did, but they were late. They forgot me. And so when I walked in the room, they had already started. And, uh, and nobody prepared me because I came in on the business end, okay? I'm not going to get too graphic, but... I'm still in counseling today from what was presented to me. And I walked in unprepared, and I went, oh, you started with that. What's going on? Uh, C-section birth. And uh, so I get to the other side of the curtain because they provided a curtain for my wife. They didn't provide it for me. And so I don't, know if she's, I don't know if she's dead or alive on the other side of this curtain. And so when I walk around, she's like, hey. <laughs> and I said, are you okay? She said, I feel great. And I said, uh, you have no idea what's going on the other side of that curtain. I said, please don't peek around, right? So I'm traumatized, and then the magical moment happens, and he's born, and it's the moment you've been waiting for. And they pick him up, and uh, I mean, guys, literally like a shriveled up Benjamin Button. And he, he's yelling, he is mad. He locks eyes with his dad the first time we meet, and we lock eyes, and he looked at me like, I hate you. <laughs> that was our birth experience, but miraculous nonetheless. They're not all the same, but they all have power. 
they're all special. They all have meaning. But there is no miracle like the miracle of Jesus. This was different. This set the tone that would change the world. This shaped the world that would be talked about for generations to come. This would shake not only the foundation of this earth and this world, but it would vibrate into eternity. Here's what I'm telling us today. Behold the greatest gift that has ever been given. Today, I want to talk about three specific gifts that have been given to us through the miracle of the birth of Jesus. And my challenge for us today, on this very first Sunday of this season, is that we don't treat it like another Christmas season. Something we've heard before, something we've done before, but yet it would literally consume our spirit that we would begin walking into the importance and the miracle of what this is for our life. Behold this gift. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for the power of your word. It changes us, Father. I pray that this series, God, would help us to see the miracle that we're living in, the miracle that is in front of us, the miracle of your son, Jesus, to behold the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for loving us that much, to do this for us. So today, we just give you this moment, we give you this time, God, to speak to us, to encourage us, to motivate us, to convict us. God, to submit to you things that are wrong in our lives so that we can be made right with you. Thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So three gifts to behold through this miracle of the birth of Jesus. Number one, write this down. As you behold his presence. To behold it, don't miss it, don't look over it, look intently at it, notice it, don't bypass it. Behold his presence. Gabriel, the angel, bringing the news of the birth of Jesus to Mary, appeared to her and said, Greetings! Hey, Mary! Good to see you! It's a freak out moment. Some of you are super holy, but I asked my son, he's six, Hey bud, what would happen if an angel come and talk to you? He said, Dad, I'd freak out. <laughs> I said, Me too, bud, me too. Greetings, Mary. Underline this word, favored woman. The Lord is with, underline this, you. Some of the most powerful words spoken in all of Scripture. And it would be very easy for us today to take this statement and just pin it on Mary. Just say, oh, that's about Mary. That's just this Christmas story. That's just about her. But let me tell you, everything that God did through the miracle of a Christmas was about you and it was about me. It was so that God's presence could be with us. Greetings, you favored woman. God is with you. Last month in our encounter series, we talked about encountering the presence of God. And what we talked about was our place to pursue his presence. And we learned ways in which we could pursue the presence of God. You can watch that online, any podcast. You can watch it through the app and catch up if you missed it. But today what I want you to notice is the fact that God pursued us so that his presence would be with us. See, we learned how to get to him, but the reality is from the very beginning, God has always been coming for us. And so I know in this scenario, most of us in this room already, you have a top 10 list of all the reasons why God would not come to you. You have all the regrets, you have all the mess-ups, you have all the habits, the hang-ups, the hurts of your life. You've got all the reasons 
as to why God would skip your row and move right onto the person behind you or beside you. But if you really stop to think about this story, when you hear this Christmas story and you hear about Mary, you got a teenage girl who is a virgin who is told she's going to be pregnant with the baby Jesus. And everybody's like, oh man, what a situation we've got here, right? What an unbelievable situation. Well, you think about all the reasons that this does not make sense. Okay, you think about it. Okay, first of all, let's go over the obvious one. She's a virgin, all right? This, this situation is not happening naturally, okay? If you don't understand, put it on your Connect card. I'll have Pastor Daniel call you this week and explain. <laughs> we'll get deeper in that later, all right? I'll save that for her, all right? So first of all, this is, not, this is not happening in a natural progression of which you and I would understand it. Secondly, it's not like Mary was like the popular girl, okay? She doesn't have all the famous TikTok and Instagram posts, and she's not a YouTube influencer. As a matter of fact, she's not even from an affluent area. She's not, she would actually be shamed for being born in the hometown in which she was born. She would not be at the top of the list of the person that you would think that God, the creator of the world, would choose to walk out this miracle. But it's actually all of her imperfections. It's actually all of Mary's lack that made her the perfect candidate to be blessed and highly favored. Think about it. See, if Mary had a, let's just say a reputation, all right? Let's just say God said, I'm going to pick Mary, and she's going to tell everybody she's pregnant. He can't pick somebody that everybody's like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? I knew they wouldn't make it to the wedding. You know what I'm talking about? Now, everybody, you, you got that friend. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. So, it, so Mary couldn't have, she couldn't have done that, right? If you think about Mary's inability, her purity, and God chose that, because it can only be done through a miracle. Because people have to recognize, I know Mary. I know her integrity. I know the kind of girl that she is. So if she says that God is performing a miracle, then I have to listen to this. You see, Jesus was the, the least of these. You remember how the Bible says that he came to serve and not be served? How Jesus was despised even in his own hometown? Because Jesus didn't come from the best of the best. See, if Mary had been like of the best family and the most resource and the most money and the most popular, then they could have said, well, ultimately that's who God came for. God chose the, the superly popular. God chose the super good looking, the super resource. That's the kind of people that God came for. Nobody started with Mary who was lowly, the Bible said, and chose her so that through her everybody may be served. It wasn't an accident that Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph who, because of his heritage, just so happened, had to travel to the very location in which God said that his son would be born. You see, it wasn't a mistake. All of these things that were actually on the surface, imperfections and lack made her highly favored and desired for the goal in which God had intended of the miracle of the birth of Jesus. Maybe this morning that because of his presence in our life, it uses your lack. It uses your imperfection. 
Maybe, just maybe, you've got a past that you'd like to forget, but God said, no, don't miss it. That's where the miracle took place. See, your circumstance and your issue and your regret and your shortcomings, that's where the miracle was. You see, because that was before, and I came in the middle of it, and here you are today. I have people that need to know of the miracle that took place through your life, and it's my very presence that has come to you so that miracles could take place. Today, God's greatest desire is that his presence would be with us. Today, here's what I want you to know. That when you say yes to Jesus, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are desired. You are valuable. You are the reason that God sent his son into this world so that his presence could be with you. Some of us need to behold that thought. Because we let it pass. We let it go. We hear it and we give it to somebody else. But behold, you who are favored. You who are blessed. You who are called. God's presence is with you. Behold his presence. Number two, this is important. Behold his power. Behold the power of God. It's so evident in the Christmas story. Look at this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Notice this. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the very presence of God acting through the power of God. We talked about encountering the Holy Spirit last week, us pursuing His presence. But notice this. In the Christmas story, the very Holy Spirit, the power of God is pursuing us. And notice this. The power of the Most High, underline this word, will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Now, here's what we need to understand. You got little Mary, the sweet Mary. Oh, my, I can't believe this, you know. She's looking at the angels. She's scared to death. She's freaked out, but yet she's humbled. She can't believe what's happening. And, and she's looking at the angel like, you need to go ask God some questions because, well, I am a virgin, and, and, and that's not how this works. And the angel goes, I knew you were going to ask that question. But it's not through your power. This birth is not through your ability. This miracle is not of your doing. Many of us need to understand that if the miracle is of our doing, then it's really not a miracle at all. It was just in the capacity of what we could do. But this story, this miracle, this day that shook history was beyond our ability. It was supernatural that only the Holy Spirit. And you see, when the Holy Spirit steps in and he overshadows you, he overpowers you, he overtakes you, he works in you and flows through you, miracles begin to happen, not because of me, but because of him. And God's hope was that his power would be present in this situation so when we look at situations in our life and go there's no way I'll get through that there's no way I'll overcome that there's no way I'll ever make it through to the other side God says you don't get it you can't but I can and when you allow my presence to be with you and my power to work through you we will get things done because I'm God and you're not it's the beautiful thing to behold the very power of God Write down this reference, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Just write it down. You can read it later. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. I think it's one of the most powerful passages of Scripture for us to remember in our own lives. Because we like to get really smart to try to 
over-explain existence, creation, God. But Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it, it, just, it simply just tells us, hey, God's ways are not your ways. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. God's abilities are not your abilities. Why? Because he's God and because I'm not. So when we try to explain it, when we try to understand it, we come to this place where we go, well, that just doesn't make sense, so we like to resist it. But behold, his presence and his power working. It's beyond us. If it's us, it's not God. But when it's beyond us and miracles start forming and babies are born of virgins that are going to change the world, you see, that's a God moment and that's a God thing. I read this past week that scientists were again blown away because they thought they had figured out all of the galaxies. They thought they had figured out all of the planets. They thought they had finally nailed it and then again have learned of more things in space that they did not know existed. Have you ever noticed that your kids, your grandkids, are not reading out of the same science books that they were when we were kids? You know why? They discovered the earth wasn't flat anymore. Some of you get that. Some of you, oh, I read that. I remember that. Don't raise your hand, okay? <laughs> but do you know why even, you know why even our, our science books are changing? You know why? Because they're still learning things. Things are being added. Things are being corrected. Things that we were taught, suddenly they realize, oh, we had that all wrong. We better pretend we didn't teach that and write something else. You know why? Because we're not God. And because we try as we may, as hard as we can, we'll never have all the answers. We'll never figure it out. Thank God for all the wisdom of man and all the abilities that he has given us. But at the end of the day, it is from God to us. It belongs to him, about him. And it is only as much as he gives to us. We're putting God in a box. Here's what I want us to understand today. The very power of God in your life cannot be put in a box. We learn this from just nature around us. You, you, you know, you can take a snake. You can take it like a boa constrictor. You know, there's some people that keep snakes as pets. And, um, and I don't know what's wrong with you. I really don't. Um, I mean, Satan. I mean, you got the devil's like, I, I really don't understand. I, there was a guy recently in, in Columbiana, we were serving uh, snow cones in the community, and he come out walking it like a dog. I mean, he had it around his neck, and he put it down, he's playing with it. I was like, man, what are you doing? Like, what is happening here? But anyway, you can take that snake, a boa constrictor, some people keep those as pets, and, and you can let it in the wild, let it grow. I think the largest one's like 18 feet ever recorded in history, like 18 feet. But you keep it in captivity. The largest that's typically seen in captivity is six to eight feet. Why? Because its ability to grow has been restricted. I keep fish. That's a lot more sane than snakes, okay? <laughs> Some of you think that's weird, but that's fine. There are certain fish, you put it in a 29-gallon tank, it'll grow to a certain size. But if I take that same fish, I put it in my 75-gallon tank, it's going to get even bigger than it would ever reach in the 25-gallon tank. Why? Because you've given it more room to grow. Every time you think you have God figured out, and every time we come in in December and we go, I bet we're going to read the Christmas story again. I bet we're going to talk about Mary and Joseph again. You know what we've done? We've put God in a box of what we understand of one of the greatest miracles ever given to us in this world. So today, what would happen? 
if you just lifted the lid and took God out of the box and said, God, you've got all the power to do anything you want to do. And if your presence is here, who am I to get in the way of everything that your power desires to do? Take him out of the box. Behold the presence of God, the power of God. And the number three, the thing that makes all of it work, behold his promise. Behold his promise. Why can we still tell this story? Why can we still experience this story? Because a very simple statement in Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says, For the word of God will never fail. Hey Mary, listen, I know you're a little doubtful. I get it. Hey look, in the room today, let's all be honest, we're a little doubtful. It's okay. Look, in, in here we, we're, 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 we're people of great faith, aren't we? When we walk in the doors of the church, God can do anything. But then when we leave, it's like, at least, at least I, I hope he can. If, if that's really true. If, if what that, if that what little preacher said, if that's true. But the angel felt it important to remind Mary that the word of God will never fail. It doesn't make sense, Mary. It seems strange, Mary. You don't feel equipped, Mary. People are going to talk, Mary. People are going to misunderstand this, Mary. You're going to have the weight of raising the Son of God, Mary. You know Jesus had to get spankings. You know he did. And every time she spanked that boy, because they did spankings back then. Well, they didn't put him in a corner. That didn't happen until like 10 years ago, right? But back then, they still drilled holes in the paddles back then, you know, so you get wind. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some of you still sitting sideways in here today. Every time she spanked that boy, she said, I, I can't do this. I can't spank the son of God. He's like, spank that boy, Mary. What do they say? Spare the rod. You know what I'm talking about? So God put it in there, all right? See, hey, Mary, you're going to have the weight of all this on your shoulders. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not always going to be easy. But the word of God will never fail. So when you feel like you're drowning in it, and you can't do it, and you don't understand it, you cling to the presence of God that's around you, the power of God that is in you, and you begin to walk in his promise because he said it so he'll fulfill it. He said it so that he would do it. That's why God brought the birth of Jesus the way that he did. See, every little detail had already been foretold. Listen to me. Those of you who have that, that mind, and I understand how your brain works, that it's so logical that you can't let faith engage in your life, so you're trying to logically lock into what the Bible tells you, look, let your logic lock into this, that long before Jesus was ever born into this world, generations before, every tiny detail was foretold. There was a checklist in which had to happen when Jesus was born. So let your logical brain ignite your faith when you go, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. Everything that was foretold through God's presence and power and through his promise, it was done. See, God was true to his word. Prophecy was filled in every detail of Jesus' birth. God said that he would be with us by Emmanuel. His presence was here through the presence of Jesus. He is all-powerful and can do anything because it was a miraculous birth. God could not have a normal birth because he had to know that it was a miracle. And by the way, because Jesus was not born of a man but of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was born without sin and walked with 
without sin because of the miraculous birth that Jesus experienced. He gave us supernatural peace because Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He was our Savior who gave us forgiveness because Jesus went to the cross. We have heaven and eternity because Jesus not only went to the grave, but he came out of it and returned back to the Father. You see, every detail is so that God's Word could be true. His promises. Behold the promises. Some of us have promises in our life, and you can't live it out because you don't know what they are. We really wish something could happen. We really wish we could have a breakthrough in our life. We wish we could experience these miracles. We wish we could have this closeness with God, experience this great gift of God. But we don't have to wish for it, hope for it, or just desire it. It is God's promise to us. We've got to get in God's Word so that we can see it, know it, understand it, and begin to live it. Church, my desire for us today as we begin this season is to begin it like we never have before, with a clean slate, to say, God, I want to behold what this season really represents. Don't let me get lost just in the tradition of what I know it to be and what I've already placed it in my heart and in my mind. But God, give me a clean slate, a a fresh pair of eyes to see it your way. Let me behold the presence that is here, the power that that brings and the promises that you've given so that we can experience these miracles that have taken place so that we can be connected to God the Father through Jesus. That's my prayer for us today. Will you bow your head with me and close your eyes? I do want to pray for us today. If you're our guest in here, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. I just want to take a moment and just focus on just this one second. If you're watching online, don't be distracted. If you can, just right where you are, just this moment. These are just a few simple moments that we can do exactly what we've talked about today. To behold. To really look intently. To really see it. So this morning, here's a couple of things that I want us to behold. One, maybe you're in this room or watching online, listening by a podcast, and you would say... You know what? I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I have heard these stories. I have sat in moments of Bible teaching and traditional Christmas stories. But it's a story. It's not personal. Well, he's Emmanuel. God with us. And he desires to be with you. So I want to pray for us today that if you need to say yes to Jesus, that this would be your moment. Please don't miss it. We, none of us have it all figured out. But the more questions you ask, the more answers God can give. And today, what He really desires more than anything is you. He wants relationship with you. And then for the rest of us in here, here's, here's my heart. Let's just go to Him with a clean slate. Say, God, we want to behold everything this season has for us. Your presence in our life your power that you bring to us and the promises that are available. I want us to enter this season like we never have before so that God speaks to us, moves in our life like he never has before. This is a season, a moment to behold. So God, today I pray for all of my friends in this room, online. I pray that 
you'd forgive us of our sins. We recognize we've done it wrong, we've messed it up, we tried it our own way, and we know that we can't do it by ourselves. So Jesus, we need you. So we ask forgiveness of our sin. We choose to put you first in our life, to learn what it means to love you and to live for you and to be dedicated to you. Thank you that today my life has changed forever. God, I pray for all of us in this room today that we would be able to behold, to stop, to see, to look with intent, importance, and not miss what this season represents. To behold the gift, a gift to behold, something given to us through Jesus, which is your presence. God, it's your power and your promise. Today, may it consume our lives so that we begin to live it out. God, I pray that every day we recognize all the miracles that are around us, working in us and through us. And Jesus, you'll get all the credit so that through everything that happens in our life, this season especially, people will see who you are, how good you are. God, so that their lives too may experience this miracle of Christmas. Father, thank you for loving us, speaking to us, and being with us. You get all the credit. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's honor the Lord together. Can we do that? Come on.